Hello and welcome to Around the ACL. I'm your host, Michelle Thompson, and I'm joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. How are you guys doing tonight? What's happening? What's up? What's up? Let's go. All right. Welcome. Welcome. We are introducing the brand new ACL Cornhole TV, and we've got so much coming up to you today. So we are going to preview open number three taking place in Cincinnati, Ohio this coming weekend. We're going to talk about the new teams division coming up at our national events. We're going to talk about the KCC showdown. We're going to talk about your pro women's doubles top five list, Trey and Anthony, and it's going to be packed and we can't wait to dive in. So like I said, this is our first episode on ACL Cornhole TV. So Trey, give us a quick overview. Like what, how does around the ACL play a role in this and what do we got coming in store? Yeah, just super exciting, super exciting. So glad you guys are a part of it too, uh, and, and everybody on our content team. The first ever opportunity for people to watch Cornhole 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So we, we, we partner with a great partner in Triple B Media. They put together the infrastructure for this 24-hour channel and really having the different conversations with all these different streaming platforms to get ACL Cornhole TV distributed to all of these different platforms and outlets. So right now... Local Now, Distro TV, Sports.TV, some of the leading um, uh, sports outlets that we're distributing this 24-hour channel to at the moment, but also looking to have conversations with some of the other big partners in the streaming world, the, the DirecTV streams, the YouTube TV. So making a lot of those different outreaches now with um, the intent to, to really put together an amazing 24-hour lineup of content if you're watching us here on ACL Cornhole TV, you may have seen some old archive matches right before we, we came on here at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Um, we'll, we'll be showing archive content all throughout the days. We'll have our live uh, events over the weekend as well as our original programming like, like uh, around the ACL that you see here as well as Girls Throw 2 uh, as well as Borderline Podcast, ACL Live. It's just a, a really great opportunity uh, for people to tune in and watch Cornhole. So it's uh, really excited for the future, and this has been a big step for us to generate all this content. I love it. Are you excited about this, Anthony? Yeah, yeah, real excited. There's going to be a lot of cool aspects of ACL TV, but I think what I'm most excited about of what's what it's, it's going to bring on event weeks and how it's kind of consolidated into one media location. So between opens, shootouts, and nationals, we're going to have 30 events. Now, five of those opens are going to overlap with five of the shootouts. So we're going to have 25 unique weeks of event weeks. And, um, you know, ACL Cornhole TV is going to bring the four shows that Trey was saying. And what I like is we can kind of build up that content throughout the week, kind of leading into that event, um, you know, with all of the four different platforms. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ACL Cornhole TV will bring that li the live stream of those events so you'll be able to tune in and watch those matches. So so the, the big thing for me is, is being able to get those opens, shootouts, and nationals previewed, built up, and then dropped all in one location on ACL TV. Yeah, I was getting a little tired of having to stream my phone to my TV to watch this stuff. So this is a nice upgrade. Yeah, there you go. You can just pull the app right up. Boom, it's there. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, now you can watch this on, obviously, the ACL Cornhole TV, like we said, but you can also tune into Around the ACL on your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, all of that. And you can also pull it up on the ACL Digital Network in the Around the ACL collection. So all kinds of places to watch and view content. I know for me, I like a podcast in my car while I'm cooking, while I'm getting ready, but then I also want to view the video when I'm sitting on my couch. So we do it all. 
there you go. You can do it all. <laughs> all right, let's jump into the preview. We've got the Open happening in Cincinnati, Ohio this coming weekend. We've got tons of great pros coming out this event. I'm very excited about it. So, Trey, why don't you share some of your uh, big picture thoughts about what to expect this weekend? So, uh, you know, when I looked at the registration list for ACL Open number three, it, it, what I saw is that Open number one and Open number two were appetizers. Right. Mm -hmm. They were they they gave us a little bit of a taste of what was to come. And now this open in Cincinnati, Ohio, is absolutely loaded. So for me, my big picture thought coming into this is this is going to be an, an open that almost simulates a national. So for me, I really am keying and looking for who is successful because they're automatically going to give me some insight into who has the stamina and the staying power to fight their way through all the way through a national bracket. Yeah, pretty much. I was looking at, I was thinking the exact same thing. This is like a national. <laughs> it is, this is loaded, crazy loaded and like what is it about ohio that's like it's like one of the cornhole capitals there's like something going on in ohio yeah, love cornhole yeah it's the hotbed right there <laughs> anthony what are your thoughts yeah my thought is the season has started uh so yeah. trey you said it we're gonna have well over a hundred pros and pdc baggers packed into this open number three for me, eight of my top 10 singles are going to be on the roster. I might get a ninth. We might get a late entry from a top 10 guy. I'm hoping that he ends up in the field as well. So, yeah, like you said, stacked, long list of national and world championships. We have most of the highly anticipated echelon rookies coming into the house. Like you said, Trey, we got just a sprinkle of this in open number one and number two. So, to me, the season has just started. I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about some teams and singles that we're looking forward to. Trey, who are you looking forward to seeing there? Or who do you think we should watch out for? Yeah, last night, 8 p.m. Eastern, I, I, we, I was on ACL Live with Bernie Neighbors. We kind of talked about our singles and doubles to watch. So I have those here. You know, I'll start on my singles side. I had Jamie Graham, Noah Wooten, Berkeley Pear, Alex Rawls, and Victor Glass. And so for me, my singles to watch was really centered around people that, again, I kind of had question marks. And the question marks weren't necessarily a bad thing. It was just like, where does this person going to rank ultimately when it came down to pro single standings at the end of the season? And I'm looking for this open to really tell me about that. Really excited in particular uh, for Jamie Graham because I really feel like he's got a bag now um, with the incinerators from Fire Cornhole that really mimics kind of the all-slide game-changer feel that he was so successful with in 2020. So just really excited to see how he plays there. Also, if I'm picking out another single individual, love seeing, I'm love to see how Alex Rawls plays because so much hype coming in from him because he got he gets to play with Trey Birchfield. Like, yes, that's that's like a, a privilege to play with Trey Birchfield. So for him, is he going to be the advanced singles world champion that we saw uh, at, here in August of 2021? Can he live up to that level of expectation? So, um, yeah, th those are those are kind of my singles. As far as my doubles go, I had Frank Maudlin, Austin Slobom. James Baldwin and Cheyenne Renner, Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls, Josh and Derek Holland, and then Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. As far as reasons I'm watching some of them, mostly because all brand new teams. 
all new matchups. They could be some returning pros paired with some returning pros or rookies, but they're all completely new names. Um, ones in particular, I mean, to me, Baldwin Renner, that's an obvious one. Everybody's got their eyes on them. Um, Maudlin and Slobom, I think, is another obvious one. I think one for me that I'm really excited to watch, Josh and Derek Holland, because so many people have Josh Holland in the top 10, in their top 10 in singles, but I just have no idea how Derek Holland is going to be. I've known Derek Holland for a long time Mm -hmm. here in the Rock Hill area, Charlotte area. He's good, but I'm not quite, quite sure just yet he's ready to make that that jump into the elite level of players like his son, Josh. So for me, just excited to see how that team plays together uh, for the first time as a pro team in this stacked field of other pros. Yeah. All great points. Uh, how do you feel about all that, Anthony? Yeah, I'll start with doubles. So a lot, a lot of the same similarities, but I'm going to keep my eye on a couple of different players. So we know what Hisner and Henderson can do guy, guy, these guys are going to be in the building. So that'll make it exciting. But re- where it gets really exciting for me is this roster filled with new pro teams, like you said, Trey. We've got some coming in as rookies, rookie pro, rookie pros, and then we have existing pros mixing it up within the doubles. Where it's gonna, where, where I'm excited about my first peak, though, is going to be the Birchfield Rawls doubles and see how they. Trey, you had them at number two on your top 10, so I know you're excited to see how they yeah. do. This is a new squad that made all of our top 10, so I think the expectation is there. Will they show out? I think they will. Similarly, um, you mentioned Baldwin Renner, Modlin Schlobaum. I'm excited to see how Zockline can handle uh, yes. in this league. I know Halbert's going to show up, but what does Zockline do? And from the ladies, we're going to get those Koi cousins, Miranda on a tear. Really interested to see if you know how Courtney holds up to that. And then uh, Hunter Moppin. I mean, the, these fire ladies yeah. are coming out. I'm really excited to see what they do. The icing on the cake for me in doubles. We've got these two unique team pairings. Um, that could jack up the bracket and ruin everybody's day. Eric Davis and Noah Wooten. What? <laughs> like, that was, that was I, one of mine. I'm like, what's going to happen here? I mean, that that's like Max Cornhole in, uh, Entertainment at its best. I, I'm excited to see that one. Jamie Graham, Jordan Power. Let's go. I mean, at yeah. first glance, right? An unlikely, unique pairing. Powers is tra- trending up. Check this out. This is kind of unique. This past weekend, Powers partners up with the reigning world champ, Trey Birchfield, at the KCC Showdown. Then he gets to come out this week and team up with the 2020 singles world champ, Jamie Graham. I mean, that's a partnership's dream for basic baggers like me. Maybe even in the, deep into the pro division. I mean, that's like a dream. So what's interesting, though, is you're not going to get that type of agreement and these type of partnerships if you're not a baller on the boards. And Jordan yeah. Power is just that. So. In singles, like I was saying earlier, eight of my top 10 are going to be in the field. And here's where our top 10 predictions start to show themselves. The bagger I'm going to have my eye on the most was similar to yours, Trey, Josh Holland. Um, Holland made all three of our top 10s. I had him the highest at number three. Do I expect him to podium at his first nationals at an ACL pro event? Not necessarily, but I expect him to bring an elite level game. Matches in the 10 plus PPRs, an overall tournament PPR, high, high nines minimum losing only to elite baggers. Can he win the whole thing? A hundred. I think he can win the whole thing. Mish, Holland has the game to win tournaments filled with national and world champs. So I'm excited to see what he does. 
Nice. Well, I'm excited about that too. Now I went a little bit different direction because I felt like, like, you know, the Mac guys, the Jamie, it's all obvious, the Baldwin Renner, all that stuff, of course, we're going to be looking at, but what are some of the ones that maybe we didn't think to? I'm curious about someone like Brian Schramm, who's been killing it, like in his area and at some of these events, how's he going to do in this big of an event? You know, is he going to be able to show up and really compete at this level? Because it's a totally different game. There was someone that we interviewed that said, I was so good until I left my state. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> as soon as I really traveled, I was like, oh, interesting. Not to say he's not, but I'm just curious when you're on this winning trajectory, what happens when you show up at a national or this semi type of national event like this? And I was also curious about Andrew Guy and Landis and to see how they do. I was fortunate enough to be able to watch them in the uh, qualifiers and, and, and thought they were awesome. And now I'm curious, these are, you know, rookies, how is this going to happen in this big, huge event? So I'm kind of watching some of the ones that aren't as obvious along with, I'm excited for, for Davis and Wooten as well. I love that guy Landis pick because those are, those are called, that's the type of team that's like a, for me, that's a, those are day ruiners, right? Because they're good enough. They're going to ruin somebody's day. I, I, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a, you know, a, a power gram, a maudlin slow bomb, a Birchfield. I don't know who it's going to be, but they will ruin somebody's day. And I love yeah. watching teams like that. Yeah. Exactly. Any other thoughts, Anthony, before we move on to bring Mike onto the screen? No, let's bring Mike in. I'm excited to see what he has to say. Let's talk stats. Okay. I know I know. Mike's got a lot to add to this as well because we have so much to get into for this Open coming up. So let's bring on Mike for Morton's Corner and see what he has to add to the conversation. Welcome, Mike. Hello, crew. How are we doing? Great. Mike, how you doing? <laughs> are we ready for some cornhole in the cornhole mecca? <laughs> like, <laughs> I He's am- calling it the cornhole mecca. Look at him. Well, He's that's calling it the it- cornhole mecca. It's where it was born. I mean, I think maybe that's a little bit subject to debate, but um, I would think more people accept the fact that the uh, the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area is probably where cornhole was was originated in its current concept. So um, that's why everyone wants to go there. Um, it, there. There's just tons of talent within a certain square mile radius of that area. So I didn't expect anything less than a loaded field. And boy, have we been rewarded. <laughs> True. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's loaded. So, so what I wanted to talk about for this, for this segment was really, I, I don't necessarily have any numbers to talk about, but looking through, I wanted to focus on some of the doubles teams and, and have an opportunity to, to throw them out there and maybe get some high level thoughts from, from the team here and see what you all think as part of the preview. So what I did is I created what I'm calling my dirty dozen. I created a dozen teams that in my mind, in my own eyes, would not raise an eyebrow if they were to win the whole thing. So arguably, we could probably go much deeper than a dozen, but time permitting, um, please, all you, all you players out there, forgive me. We just only have time to, <laughs> to go through about a dozen or so. So my dirty dozen is as follows, and then I'd like to get Trey, your and Anthony's opinion on whether I'm crazy, whether I'm eh, or whether you agree. But uh, the first team out of the gate, and I'm going to start at the bottom of my list and work my way up. Um, the first team that I want to talk about is uh, Jordan Camba and Ashton Spees. Jordan has recently transplanted down to Florida. He's hooked up with fellow Floridian Ashton. Um, Ashton has always been an upper upper tier pro as well. Maybe hasn't had the headlines of a Jordan Camba in the past. I think they have the ability to run the table here. Um, I don't know what you guys think. What do you guys think, think about that team? 
I love the team. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for Ashton Spees because I think Ashton over the past few years has struggled to find a consistent doubles partner and one that he feels like he can really succeed with. Um, so I, I love him playing with Jordan Campbell, who's established himself obviously as a world champion on the doubles side. So having them pair up as a team, I think is a recipe for success. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, we see Spees, you know, constantly sneaking in deep into tournaments, kind of poking into some of the, you know, national right. level broadcasts. He's not a constant face, but he's a skilled bagger. Um, how they match up and what bags they end up throwing would be interesting. But um, I mean, if, if if we're if we're ranking that dirty dozen, I, I don't see them winning it, but certainly they could come out and win. All right, fair enough. Um, the next name on my list, names on my list, is uh, an ACL Pro rookie team that I think we're probably all super excited to just, we know how great they are, but let's see how they can perform. And as Trey mentioned earlier, this, this full bracket that, that simulates a national and that's uh, Tanner Halbert and Eric Zockline. Um, I think they, again, have the ability to run the table. I think to me, the bigger question mark as was alluded to earlier might be Eric. Uh, we know Eric's an elite player. Tanner has kind of had more success on the national stage, arguably more recently um, I'm a little bit less worried about Tanner and I would like to see how Eric performs at this big event. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on those two guys? Hit the nail on the head for me. Um, I think Anthony brought it up earlier. The question mark is flat out Eric Zockline. Uh, you know, um, if I were a betting man, if someone puts money on Tanner Halbert, no matter what event it is, I'm going to tell him it's smart money. Um, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean they're going to, he's going to win every event, but it's smart money. So yes. for me, I, I just, it's our first opportunity to see Eric Zockline in this pro division. Can right. he compete? Absolutely. Will he? That's the question. Agree. Yeah. I think we're all thinking the same thing about Zockline. So I'll just throw in there that Mike, I know who, I know you want them to be successful. Cause if my memory serves me correctly, you had them on your top 10 list and me and Trey didn't. So I know where <laughs> you're at. True. No, no, that wasn't me. That was not me. Are you sure? I took, I took a little flack. I, I actually leaned very and skewed very heavily towards returning ACL pros. So I took a little flack over that. So I'm sure Tanner and Eric want to prove me wrong. Um, but I, I like both those guys. I wouldn't mind seeing them have a strong finish. So the, the next team on my list, though, is Cheyenne Renner and James Baldwin. Cheyenne coming off her all-world, all-globe, all-planet performance at the, at the World Championships and James Baldwin, just that national champion that is just always able to turn it up, it seems like, when he wants to. I'm predicting James has a breakout year and returns more consistently to the top of the field. So I really am excited to see this pairing. And again, I think they could run the table. Thoughts on those two? My biggest question mark for this team is timing, right? The re And then when I, I'll explain that a little bit. Jordan Camba and James Baldwin, they won a world championship because all Jordan Camba had to do was carry the team until James Baldwin became James Baldwin. There was always a point in every tournament when when James Baldwin became James Baldwin, you were not going to beat him. It's impossible. Right. It just had to get to that point. And it, sometimes it takes a long time, and sometimes it doesn't take a lot of time. <laughs> so if the key is timing. Cheyenne Renner has to be unbelievable when James is not. Because he's good enough to carry an entire team when he is himself. Cheyenne just has to get them to that point. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, Trey, I, I love that analysis. Um, individually, obviously, Cheyenne Renner is trending up, made a deep run at Worlds. I, I know she can hang at the top level in an open field. Um, Baldwin has as well. 
I'm, I'm, I think, yes, I think they could win it, Mike. I, I go, I'll go with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did have, uh, I did have both of them in my top 10 in singles. So I'm high on that team. So next up uh, on the list, I have uh, Ty, Tyler Cobb and Jimmy humans. I don't really know what to say about these two, except for they will get their big win. The, to me, the only question is, will it be in Cincinnati in this loaded field? So I really like this team. Um, bright future for them. Will it be in Cincinnati? What do you guys think about them? I have questions. I I don't and and I, I this hurts me to say out loud. <laughs> I do not have questions about Jimmy Humans. Okay, which means my question mark is on Tyler Cobb. So I love Tyler Cobb to death. Um, he's one of my favorite players. Um, sure, but. I, I don't know. Uh, start to the year has not been flashy enough for me, has not been consistent enough for me. So that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I know Jimmy Humans is going to bring it, but I don't know. I, I, I'm doing your list. If I did that same exact list, I, they would have been lower than the other teams we've already talked about. Okay. That's fair. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, Trey, Tell me I'm, I'm crazy. With that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm in line with what Trey's saying. Um, yeah, certainly it's going to be on Ty Cobb. And, and what's cool about Jimmy Humans is 30 seconds into talking with that guy about cornhole, you realize real quick he's got a massive cornhole IQ. I mean, he yeah. thinks deep into the game. Everything in techniques and strategy. I was fortunate enough to have a 10-minute conversation with him on cornhole one time, and it got deep. I was like, oh, we're on the same level. I really love where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> – Super skilled baggers. I mean, they have every shot in, in their in their arsenal um, coming out, throwing the a similar same bags. I mean, I, I feel the same as Trey, though. Are they going to win it? I don't think so. But, um, yeah, as far as all the lists so far, I think they would be ranked the last so far. All right. Hey, that nothing you guys say is is unfair. I, I hear everything you're saying. But, Tyler, you remember. You remember who, who said you had the ability. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on up the list, and I, I honestly can't believe I've got this team this low, but I've got Damon Dennis and Philip Hayden. Um, you you kind of know they're always going to make a deep run. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, I, like I said, I think making the Dirty Dozen list is, is sort of a privilege. It doesn't matter, matter where you are on this list in my mind. But um, you know, the question I think will, will be, uh, I think maybe as always, Philip Damon seems to be a little more steady. Um, Philip is a phenomenal player. He's won some, some seniors events over Damon, I know. Um, but I, I think they, they have the ability to do it in their own neck of the woods. Thought on thoughts on those guys. I think that's fairly non-controversial. Yeah. hundred percent hit the nail on the head. Damon, Damon's the wild card. I mean, sorry, Philip's the wild card. Damon's going to be pretty consistent, but I think overall they are going to be, you're not going to see them with a really low finish. Their, their right. floor is pretty high. Um, yeah. It's just a question of where that ceiling is. Yeah, yeah. Bag for bag monsters. They're going to have super high PPRs. Maybe, maybe the conditions that we're going to see in Cincinnati might come into play. If we have some faster board conditions, I think they, they trend up a little bit higher. They could certainly be up there in the top five. Fantastic. I, I like I said, I, I like that team. The next one we talked about a little bit earlier um, very intriguing. I really want to see them play together. Eric Davis and Noah Wooten. I don't know what bags they're going to select between the fire bags or the contraband bags, but I promise you whatever bag it is, is going to be rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of roles, you know, and, and I'm, I'm excited for that team too. That might be, that might raise some eyebrows that they do really well together. But uh, I think 
I think still the question marks on Noah Wooten. Um, it's not a huge question mark, but it's just kind of like what kind of season is he going to have? Eric Davis, yep. I still think one of the most talented players on the planet. Yeah. Anthony, anything yeah, if we're different? Ranked number one in excitement. I know they're going to bring the most exciting matches. Um, Eric Davis, like, like you said, he's going to probably bring it more. Noah Wooten's going to have to stay there. Uh, winning it, uh, possible. If their block is on, Eric and Noah, if, they can, if their block is on, everything's going to feed off of that. They bring down those PPRs, bring them down into their area. They can win a lot of matches. Board conditions will play a factor as well. 100%. Good call. Okay, next, absolutely non-controversial, I have to believe. Cody Henderson, Adam Hissner trying to defend their home state. These two, in addition to their phenomenal talent, they just know how to win. They know how to last deep into tournaments. They know how to outlast an opponent when they're hot. I, I have every confidence that you guys will agree with me that Cody and Adam should be up uh, high on this list. Yep. Uh, the only question is, is the stage not big enough though? They just, <laughs> they, they just, I mean, they just tend to play well when the stage is really, really big. So, I mean, do they get, do they kind of don't get up for this as not a month? I mean, does that make sense? They don't get yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Up sure. So I, I don't know. That's, that's the only question mark. For it's me. not prime time. <laughs> right. I, I say they win it. I mean, if I had to pick one, I, I would go with those two guys coming out. I, I say there they win. There we go. There we go. Oh, look, he's bold statement. He put it down. Right there. Put that down. Stamp down. You heard it first on Morton's Corner. Anthony yeah. Iron. <laughs> Henderson Nissner in Cincinnati. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Next, we already talked about this team. Um, Trey mentioned them, and I have the exact same thing. Josh Holland and Derek Holland. Um, Josh is unquestionably talented. I haven't seen him as much as I want to have seen him in the past, to be honest with you, but I know he's phenomenally talented. I did get to see Josh and Derek play in Erie last year. Uh, when they played Matthew and Brad, they played very well together. I think they've got a lot of potential, and I was so impressed with them that they made it fairly high on my list here. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, like I said, all bought in on um, buy. We got buy or sell, Michelle. I'm buying Josh Holland, but I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to buy uh, Derek Holland just yet. So that's fair the, enough. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's the question mark for me. All right, Anthony. What do you think about him? I've seen a lot of Josh Holland play. He he's definitely top in the world. Uh, it, like you said, it's what Derek can bring. I, I have to admit, I haven't seen a lot of Derek play. I mean, I, I've seen him where he positions a lot in the brackets yep. and the results, but to actually see his game style, I haven't seen that yet. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. But uh, yeah. yeah, I would definitely be. I will definitely be following them around a little bit to see some of their matches. Um, next, we've already talked about. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them because I think we're all in agreement. Um, Y'all may disagree with the fact that I have them where I have them, but I've got Birchfield and Rawls. Again, Birchfield returning player of the year. Come on. He deserves there no matter who he's throwing with. I think the burden here is very much on Alex to prove that he belongs. I think, Trey, you said he gets to play with Trey Birchfield or has the opportunity to, but I think that puts a big target on his back. Does he really merit playing with Trey Birchfield? So I think yeah. this is his first chance to prove himself. Absolutely. It's all about this is this is it right here. They, I mean, they got to – they, I think there's a lot of pressure to finish top three at this event on these, on those two right there. I think there's pressure on those two. 100% agree. All right. Um, uh, I'm just going to go through my last few here. I know uh, we've talked about most of these guys already. Jordan Power and Jamie Graham. The only question I have about these two is it's another example of, you know, potentially two alpha players coming together, coming yeah. together for one tournament, as far as I know, one tournament. Can they gel and find some synergy together and uh, you know get their timing right? 
Um, they both are phenomenally talented. So I think they one can. Comment. I mean, yeah. yeah, I was just going to make one. I think they can. If you look kind of back into the classics, you know, Jamie Graham used to be partnered with a Trevor Brooks who kind of had that similar, you know, alpha, <laughs> you know, out there. I think he, he's got a lot of experience with that. So I think he would be okay partnering up with a power. Yeah, I would Love never that. accuse Trevor of being, uh, you know, not an alpha. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, I love that comment. The only thing I would say, though, is is that uh, play styles, very aggressive, very conservative. Jamie Graham is a very conservative player. People don't, yes, people don't understand that, player, that, right. But he is. So just think about that when, when Jordan Power wants to shoot three straight airmails on a 20% hole and Jamie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, that's just and that's be a what, difference. and that is absolutely what I was thinking about when I was thinking two alphas together. Jamie is trying to assert his will potentially with the conservative style. Jordan is wanting to be aggressive. Um, only one of them will get their way in those situations. So, all right, moving on up the list um, to this one. I'm just going to say duh and try to move on. Matt and Brett Guy back together again. Guy Nation showing up in their hometown. Um, if you don't think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think I just need to hang up right now. I'm, I'm hanging with the wrong crowd. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bought in there. Yeah. All right. And then the last uh, the last team that made my dirty dozen, um, I thought maybe this was going to come a, a tiny bit as a surprise, but Trey's already mentioned them. Uh, Frank Modlin and Austin Schlobaum. I, I think Frank has been flying under the radar for people for a little while now. Oh, he just, you know, he outlasted, he outlasted so-and-so really seemed to outplay them. And then at the very end, Frank is still standing. Um, I think Frank has been one of the best players in the league for a while now, and he's just been too quiet that he's flown under the radar. I got a, an opportunity to spend the last couple of weeks traveling a little bit with him and seeing him as he makes his way through brackets. I'm all bought in on Frank Modlin right now. And I think the, the, the big question mark is going to be whether Austin is ready to step in and be Frank's partner. Who, by the way, look at who Frank's partners have been the last couple of years and what they've accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Is Austin ready for this? I think we find out this week. Absolutely. I'm I'm all I'm all bought in. So I got one question for you, Mike. Okay. Yes. We said you didn't want to do stats, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here, right? Okay. All right. One I'm ready. question after your dirty dozen. What percentage confidence are you that one of your twelve wins the whole thing? I feel pretty, I feel pretty solid with this. I'm going to go with a 95%. I think it's going to be one of these. Ooh, I'm feeling 95%. pretty confident. There's some monsters. <laughs> there's, some, there's some monsters in there. Michelle, you got that written down? We're going to bring that up next week. And one of these doesn't win. So we've, we've got two bold statements so far. We've got Anthony saying Cody and Adam will win it all. And, and I haven't went out so far on a limb, but I said, I'm 95% certain it'll be one of these dozen teams. They're on that yes. list, though, so it could be one in the That's same. That's right, right. Anthony was, <laughs> Anthony was a little more bold. He narrowed the list down from 12 to 1. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. I had we to pick one, to... though. You got to pick 12. What, what's going on? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling them, okay. Though, I'm feeling okay with this. So, uh, so real quickly, guys, I wanted to just run through a, a list of teams and, and, and call them sort of my sleepers, and I want you to pick two names, two teams off this list that you think could surprise everyone and be a sleeper. All right. So these are teams that I like as sleepers. I like uh, Ferreira and Berkeley pair. I like Eric Anderson and Victor Glass, Singleton and Shermerhorn, Morrison and Price, Morton and Cripps, Morrison Almanza, Glass Cock Doss, 
Nistet Miralis, and Altice Robertson. I think all of those teams have the ability to come out of nowhere and surprise some people. Maybe, maybe not win the whole thing, but open some eyes. So, any of those e names catch your lip, catch your eye. Easy. Pear and Ferreira. Oh, you took Easy. me. I was going to go with MF or and Pear. <laughs> okay. All right. So, one more each. Who, who else do you guys like? And then I'll tell you who I like. Um, I'll take... Um... I'll take I'll take Morton and Cripps. I'll I'll, I'll play Morton a little hometown favorite with with Morton on the show. Okay, all right, I'll take that. Uh, remind, me who Nies, who, remind me who Neistat's partnering up with. Neistat is with Nico Morales. Oh, yeah. okay. That that would be mine. That would be my next one. Okay, I like I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go with my my sleepers as Corey Morrison and Lester Price. That's a good I one. like that team a lot. Um, in fact, I'm, I have a hard time calling them a sleeper. Um, and then I think I was debating between Ferreira and Pear and Eric Anderson and Victor Glass. But since you guys took Ferreira and Pear, I'm going to stick with Eric Anderson and Victor Glass just to spice things up a little bit. So I'll go with Eric Anderson, Victor Glass, and Corey Morrison and Lester Price as my sleepers. Love I it. I like it. All right. All right. Well, we got to move on to talk about some team stuff. So we will have to say goodbye to you for now, but we look forward to having you back on again. Yeah. And we'll recap how, how right or wrong we all were. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. All right. We're going to move into this coming season. We have a new competition, Teams. Um, this is really exciting. It's going to be a way for the teams to work together and be strategic and competitive, but also introduces the draft component, which I'm very excited about. I've gone a lot of years thinking it was weird that my husband watches the NFL draft, but I am totally into watching this one. So I, I guess that's a thing. So Trey, do you want to give us a little bit of information about teams? Yeah, just a quick rundown. I mean, essentially, uh, yeah, we're going to have that ACL teams draft. And the concept is our 16 captains will each draft a team of 16 players uh, as well as some PDC players as reserves. Um, and then, they're going to play 15 head-to-head -head matchups over the course of the season. So my team of 16 will go head-to-head -head against your team of 16. When we go up head-to-head, -head, we put up seven doubles teams. So two players will sit out for a particular game. In those seven doubles matches, I'm putting up any combination of players that I want. And if I win four of those seven matchups or more, then my team gets the W in that head-to-head -head matchup. So I'd be 1-0 for the season. And like I said, you'll play 15 games across the entire season. So, you know, maybe one team at the end of the year is 15-0 and and another one's 0-15. Who knows? But I'm really excited to see this, the strategy that comes into it. It's really building out this ACL team's concept. That's something that could be really exciting for the future. And I'm just, I just can't wait for that ACL Pro Teams draft uh, December 10th and 11th right here in the ACL HQ in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yeah, that is going to be awesome. All right. We do need to move to our next segment. We got the over-under segment. So I'm going to read a number, and you guys are going to tell me over-under, and we'll see, uh, you know, if you're right by the end of the season. So, <laughs> all right. The first one, we got 1.5, the number of players that finished the pro season averaging over a 10 PPR. And last year, there was only one, and that was Matt Guy. So what do you think, Trey? Over-under. I'm going to go under. I think the boards are going to play slower this season, which is going to make it, although the talent level went up, 
Uh, I think the the boards playing slower is going to hurt players being able to get consistently over a 10.0. We maybe have one. I don't think we get to two. What do you think, Anthony? I mean, we're adding high PPR baggers to the roster in Halbert and Holland. We saw the 11 plus with Guy, but like Trey said, the boards are a little bit slower. And to counteract that, the bag market, the, the carpet bag market is blowing up. I mean, at the beginning of last season, there were really only two carpet bag manufacturers. Feels like 20 now. My biggest fear on this one, Trey, and I know I've said it a couple times, my biggest fear is that this focus on higher and higher PPRs changes the game to this bag-for-bag offensive-minded approach. I mean, Trey, that that double four-bagger, double four, it gives us nothing to talk about on the broadcast. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I know. It's so true. You're like, and there we go. So I'm going going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I think the carpet dirty bag game is on the rise to tame that PPR race which I'm excited about. All right, next one, $70,000. The total prize money that the highest paid ACL pro will earn this coming season across all events. Trey. I'm hoping for an over. I think we'll get there. Um, When you take like all of the pros and then like double it because the prize pool is doubling, you actually have like three or four players that would get over that 70,000 mark, but a deeper talent pool kind of offsets that. But then the, we added a lot more opens. So we have four more opens than we had this past year. I think it's over, but we barely get over it. It's probably in the 71, 72,000 range. Anthony. Yeah. Based on the earnings from last season and the planned payouts, I mean, 70 K was actually a nicely placed over under, you know, we're, we're doubling the prize money. So if you take that logic and you double the top earners, we would have six earners over 70,000, just using that logic. Um, but we have to look at the we have to look at the shootouts. I don't think we're going to have a single player win both doubles and singles and shootouts. But if you do, we're definitely going to have someone over the seventy k. We definitely. came close this year, Trey. We had, I think it was uh, Hisner, Graham, Guy, and Belvin all had a shot at winning at winning yep. both. Um, the caliber of pros is growing. Exp- I, f- I feel the over. I think we're going to have seventy k purely off of tournament winnings. Yeah, there you go. All right, two and a half. The total number of repeat winners we get at ACL Opens this season in singles or doubles. Try over under. Uh, I'm going to go under. Um, I just think there's too many too many talented players to have a lot of repeat uh, repeat winners. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm going under. Anthony, I took the under as well. The you know the amateur and all of the pro talent pool is blowing up. I expect a lot of unknowns at national level at the national level to just jack up some of the brackets. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. All right, five and a half. The number of women ranked in the top fifty of ACL pro single standings at the end of the season. Over under Trey. This is tough because, you know, I went through, I started thinking about this and you're going to have Renner, obviously. I think you have Belvin in there. I think you have Cassidy. I think you have Streaker. uh, And I think you have Finley. So for me, it's like, who is that six? Is Miranda Coy? You know, is she one that gets in there? Um, you know, I think I'm actually going to take the under, but I'm going to have it sit at five. Um, I just need to, I need some reassurance that I'm going to have one more female make that jump over into the top. Anthony, what do you think? I also have the under and, and purely based on statistics. So I'm a statistic guy. So check this out. Last year, women made up 10% of the pro division and two ladies made it into the top 50. This year we're at 13%. 
So it would be a bad bet to say we're going to get twice as many women into the top 50 with essentially the same number of women. So big facts, the women talent pool is on the rise, but so is the overall talent, uh, which is made up of 80, 87% men. So Mish, I do believe we're going to have more women in the top 50, but I don't think we hit above a 5-5. Five, five. I have to enter my psychology perspective and say that the more you see women enter it, it breaks psychological barriers. And I bet you, you'll be surprised. So I'm just going to plant that seed. Right. Michelle's <laughs> taking the over. She said, your stats are no good. <laughs> yeah, because you're coming from the stat side and I come yeah. from the social science psychology side, which doesn't really care so much about that. So we shall see. All right. The last one, 10 number of different locations that that Mike Morton calls in from this season for around the ACL. Well, we're three for three right He's now. Off to so a if good we're start. at 10, I'm going way <laughs> over, way <laughs> over. Oh, Mike, you can't even defend yourself. Agree. <laughs> and what do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's off to a good start. He's, he's well over 10. <laughs> All right, that's like probably uh, now a challenge for him. All right, moving into the news around the league. Uh, we had some awesome stuff as usual that we would love to dive into each one individually. But for the sake of time, let's just briefly touch on the KCC showdown number six. In women's singles, Renner had first, no surprise there. Miranda Coy took second, Allison Peters third. In women's doubles, we had Sydney Herring, Hannah Fink. Second was Finley and Sarah Henry. And third was Peters and Brittany Latham. In co-ed doubles, we had Hicks and Renner, Harbaugh and Coy and Smith and Suprenant doubles. We had Tony Smith, Windsor, Shane Creek, Joseph Factor, Bracey Blatton, Tyler Amos, fourth Guy and Guy, fifth Harbaugh Batson. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Fifth, fifth, other's fifth is Birchfield Power. Lastly, in singles, we had Windsor at first, second, Matt Guy, third, Birchfield, fourth, Hicks, fifth, Hardbaugh, and fifth, Smith. So Lots of names I just threw at you. Um, anything stand out there that you want to briefly touch on? Uh, me, I'm personally just really, really well, – Shine Renner, unbelievable. But really impressed with the week from uh, Alex Hicks. Um, not only did he win co-ed doubles, you know, he came in uh, fourth in singles, but in doubles, he led the entire tournament in Anthony's favorite DPR, okay? He was over a point and a half, which was wow. nearly double what Ryan Windsor's was winning the entire thing. Wow. Now, the problem was his partner, Kyle Hutley, didn't help. <laughs> so, you know, sorry. But yeah. I, I was just really impressed with, with what I saw statistically from Hicks. And if that's any, any indication of how well he's going to play this season, watch out for the 12-year-old. Couldn't agree more. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, Mish, you put me on the hot seat week one, and I said we would see a 12-year-old on a broadcast. And then last week, Trey put me on the hot seat for an under 16, and I said, look out for Alex Hicks. Like you said, Trey, I mean, he showed out this weekend. He showed what I know he could do representing KCC. The other standout for me, Courtney Coy. I mean, I, or excuse me, Miranda Coy. I feel like we keep seeing her name over and over again. The opens open up. She had a good running run at the open in, in women's singles. We saw her on the USAC broadcast. We see her at the top of the women's singles here again. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Miranda Coy uh, brings this year. I mean, she's coming out fire to start. So she's serious about it. Uh, when we interviewed her, it was very clear that she has a different mindset than most. That's for sure. All right. Some of the pros winning the singles regionals. We had Zazueta, Almanza, Sutton, Foreman, Beamer, 
Hogue, Sperry, Bodice, and of course, Maudlin. In the doubles, we had Phelan, Sutton, Frazier, Foreman, Creekiller, Beamer, Neatstead, Chavez, Sanchez, Hogue, Humans, Ryan, Carpenter, Bodice, Morton, and Maudlin. So anything in there stand out to you? Um, for me, you know, uh, one thing that I thought was really one of the most difficult regionals from this past weekend was in Delaware and Storm Hogue won both singles and doubles. I have been really impressed with what I've seen so far this season from uh, Storm Hogue. Maudlin stays white hot. And one of the biggest regionals in the entire country came in the Northeast. Jim Bodice, a new rookie ACL pro, wins singles and doubles, singles and doubles. So I was, you know, the talent pool may not be as deep, but there was a lot of people. So I thought that was more, that was, that was pretty impressive. Just highlighting those that came out of the uh, winners from the regionals this past weekend. Yeah, for me, yeah, I would just touch on a lot of these, uh, kind of the rookies coming out in this list. Jacob Foreman, nasty bag. He has a beautiful bag, a beautiful, uh, like carpet style, dirty game. Uh, Needstead, we saw him show up at USAC and make a TV broadcast. I feel like his name keeps popping up. Raul Chavez, he made a deep run at Worlds in the advanced division. I, I didn't, I haven't even seen him play yet, but he came out of nowhere. Uh, and his partner, Jamie Sanchez, I mean, together, they seem like a powerhouse out of Texas. So they could come out of nowhere as well. Um, yeah, and then Matt Ryan. I mean, uh, I've seen his name again here out of, uh, I think he's out of the South Dakota area. He's got more of a fast open board style game but look out for him he, he comes in with 10 plus almost 11 pprs himself well that's a good way to win isn't it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. so, so let's talk about the open standings after our first month of the season i'm just going to list them out we have in first jordan power second johnny cox third justin carpenter fourth christian brown fifth daniel walker sixth jareth nichols seventh chris morrison and then eighth taco ochoa Eighth, John Fuentes. Tenth, Jeremy Shermerhorn. So that's our top 10 right now in the first month, and we'll continue to bring that to you each month. But for now, we're going to move on to the pro women's doubles top five for both Trey and Anthony. And I actually want to start with you, Anthony. What is your top five list for pro women's doubles? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so at one and two, I mean, there's two standout ladies double teams for me, both returning as women's doubles partners again this season, Cassidy Renner as a partnership, two time national champs, one time world champs, Finley streaker will one up that with two time national champs and two world championships. Uh, Cassidy Renner, both ladies ranked in the top 50 Finley streaker did win the head to head battle at worlds. Uh, that's worth mentioning either team, clearly a top one, two projection, but I'm going to give the edge to Cassidy Renner. I'm nervous about where Streaker lands on bag choice. Streaker now with Team BG with Finley. You know, what bag do they choose as a partnership? Considering Streaker's, you know, game style, um, it's going to be a more drastic change going from a GC to a BG bag um, than it would be for Renner and Cassidy moving over to Team All Cornhole, where they have had success in the past with that style bag. At number three, Hunter Moppin. I mean, most people might not know Megan Moppin, but... Make no mistake, this girl is a baller on the boards. 2019 World Doubles champ, um, throws a powerful carpet-style pitch. Kaylee Hunter's on the rise. I'll talk a little bit more about her later, but Team Fire ladies are going to show out this year. Number four and number five, we have two established ACL Pro ladies in Belvin and Duel picking up solid rookies. I mean, Bella, already a world champ before she was even a pro, taking down mixed doubles with Tony Smith. And then Connie Altice, a show out at Worlds in August. 
running through the women's division. Amish, she was on a tear going through most, a lot of the best women in the league. Peters, Cup, Streaker, finding herself in the finals against Cheyenne Renner, ultimately taking second. Big pickup for Lori Duell in that partnership. I agree. And Connie could have even won, I think, in that. It was, just, it was her first broadcast stage. I think that was just normal nerves happening there. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, she did show out. Trey, what what about your top five? So very similar to, to Anthony's, you know, uh, we, I think we have the we have identical first and second. He did a great job summarizing those. The only thing is I had three and four flipped, I think. Uh, and I, it's really because I think Cameron Belvin just has a little bit of an edge on Kaylee Hunter. Soprenit and Maupin, although they can play, they play completely different games. I think their skill levels are almost identical. I think they have the same amount of upside. And all I did was swap out that number five. I think the question mark here is can Courtney Coy really come back to her old form? If she can, pairing with Miranda Coy, who's been so hot recently, I think they have some incredible upside. But either way, this top five in women's doubles. Is is shaping up for the most incredible year of, of women's cornhole that we've seen. So just uh, it's it's incredible. I agree, and I think uh, from what I saw, Miranda is bringing out a very positive side of Courtney Coy, and I agree with that Coy Coy uh, prediction there with you, Trey. All right, it's time for our holy hot takes. So we're going to start with you, Trey. Let's hear it. What's your hot take? Hot take. Uh, most impressive player on the weekend this weekend, Jamie Graham. Okay. Okay. All right. I I can't disagree with that. Anthony, how about yours? I'm going to feed off this weekend as well. I'm going to single out one bagger. I think Kaylee Hunter is going to be a breakout female bagger this year. And by that, I mean, improving her rank better than two times and potentially three times. So not just the purest technique in the women's division, but I think one of the purest techniques in all of the pro divisions. she's repping bags more and more and throwing them against one of the best players on the planet constantly against uh, Jamie Graham. So I think Hunter's a breakout female bagger this year. Agreed. Mine is that this year will be the year that the cornhole audience at broadcast events will select our sort of cornhole viewing traditions. Will we do the wave? Will we create a chant? What does the future of live cornhole viewing consist of? This will be the season that we decide. And on that note, we'll wrap up this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe on all our different platforms, and we'll see you next time.